going on, man? What's up, man? Oh, everything is good, man. I'm uh, ready to go ahead and put week one behind us, right? Put it in the rear view and let's move on to other things. That's the way that Bryce Young is approaching it. So I feel like I kind of got to do it the same, right? Yeah, man. Oh, gosh. I was so, we talked, we did our last pod. I was so, so encouraged. And then, of course, we get another injury, which has kind of been the tale of the tape for us. So let's just get right into it because I don't want to think about it anymore. I'm going to go ahead and get out of the way. Uh, Brady Christensen, out for the year. What do we think? So it sucks really bad, (laughs) first off, right? Like, let's just be really blunt about it. It really does suck because we're already doing this whole next man up thing right now with the offensive line by throwing in Chandler Zavala, who also, by the way, he played really well, but he won this competition by beating out a couple of guys that were supposed to be ahead of him. And he didn't even play in like preseason, most of training camp with injuries. So we already had like this pretty big question mark with Zavala and he's a rookie moving to the right side. Now, all of a sudden we're talking about starting another new person on the left side that has not played left guard position in this offense. The obvious move that I thought was going to be to slide Chandler Zavala to the left side and let him play with Icky. But we heard yesterday from Thomas Brown that they plan on keeping Icky at the right guard spot for the sake of continuity. Zavala. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Did I, did I say Icky? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, no. Zavala. <laughs> my bad. Um, they're planning on keeping him at the right guard spot for the sake of continuity, which means that they're going to end up looking at Cade Mays, Justin McCray, or Nash Jensen over at that left guard spot. Now, there's a possibility that Calvin Throckmorton also could end up there. I really hope not. Um, yeah, that's that's so. like the only option that I would prefer to avoid. Yeah. Um, for my money, man, I would love to see Nash Jensen get it because when you look at it from a logistical standpoint, Cade Mays was the starting right guard on the uh, depth chart in training camp and preseason. Lost that job because he didn't look good. Um, they even tried Michael Jordan at the right guard spot during the preseason. Oh, he was a cut. Uh, Cade Mays ends up being our backup center instead of even on the right guard line. And then we have Justin McCray who has familiarity with James Campen, and he ends up a cut before we get to that 53-man roster. Yeah. So it, there's not like a, a stellar feeling about either of those guys playing, right? Mm-hmm. Now, Ness Jensen was similar to Zavala where he had injuries during the summer, but he had a lot of internal support too. There were some pretty nice reviews about him. I think that he still profiles better at the right guard spot, and that's why I would have preferred to slide Zavala over. Yeah. But you know what, man? If they're main game plan is to have Corbett come back and play on the left side maybe and they think that that's the solution because he has played on the left side of the line before if that's what they think then I'm going to trust it for right now um but you can't feel great about the fact that we're going into it with at least one rookie on the offensive line and he's not a high draft pick yeah yeah uh I think we talked about it before um with I, I I'm not scared of the defensive tackles in New Orleans Mm-hmm. So I think we're we're drawing a pretty good, um, a pretty good matchup, pretty good, a pretty good <laughs> matchup. Uh, yeah. So that's the only thing that's good about it. But other than that, oh, like, man, that sucks. That's like the yeah. one, almost like one of the like the few positions we couldn't lose, mm-hmm. and we lost it. So I think you're right. I think Jensen's the guy. Probably him or Mays. I don't see McCray uh, getting it. Um, 
I think it's probably going to be Jensen. Yeah, and I mean, I'm, I would be good with that if it was Jensen. We talk about this matchup with the Saints, too, right? They, I mean, they got three sacks last week against Tannehill and the Titans. Um, from a rushing standpoint, I think they limited them to 104 yards, um, like 4.7 yards average per carry mm-hmm. allowed. Um, so it's not that they're an overpowering defensive unit, but they're also not a bad one. Um, they yeah, yeah. they created three turnovers. You know what I mean? They had three interceptions on the defensive side. So yeah. having the new pieces on that offensive line is a little bit worrisome just because of the fact that they created turnovers, right? And they, and they got to the quarterback. And we saw that, that that was an issue for the Panthers in week one. So assuming that some of that carries over, it, it's just, it's a little bit concerning. But but I think yeah. you're right, man. I'm not overly alarmed about it right now. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to run the ball, um, which is yeah. a lot easier when you're coming into a new offensive line. For the sure. pass protection is going to be what's tough, but the, it's not like the, the pass rush up the middle is going to be what's, what kills us. Right. So I think I think we're just going to run the ball a lot and see yep. a really, really, really low-scoring game, like maybe like like it was last year, like 10 to 7 maybe. Mm. Um, but, yeah, they're no-fly zone. They're, 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 they're the best part of their defense is on the back end, and yep. especially with our guys not being able to get separation. And, this, and Hurst isn't going to be able to do what he did against Atlanta because they don't – New Orleans doesn't allow – anything to the tight ends so that's yeah. that's also what's really scary for me is let's go to bryce um yeah what, like what about I, I just don't know what he's gonna do like i think it's just like it's just gonna be just run we're gonna be the we're gonna be the titans we're just gonna run the ball yeah so bryce didn't have a great first game i i don't think that there's much need to like sugarcoat that right no he's bad it, Yeah, it was a pretty typical rookie debut, and I just don't think that we anticipated him having a typical rookie debut. Mm -hmm. Um, He averaged 2.7 air yards per completed pass in that game. That was 28th out of week one quarterbacks. Um, Derek Carr, on the other hand, averaged 8.8 yards per completion. That was third best out of all quarterbacks. So the scheme and the concepts that were being run weren't aggressive enough, I don't think, for Bryce to kind of play into his advantages that he brings to the table. His creativeness, um, his his making plays out of structure, I think that's really where we have to get him going. And that's going to build confidence. It's going to build a little bit of a rhythm. Um, I think that if we can implement a little bit more on the play action side, and I know that I've touched on this before, um, Doing that and using the credit that the running game is going to build, right? Like it, keeping them honest. And if the run game is effective as it was last week, I think that that play action is a huge deal. And I would love to see some more wide receivers get into motion. I know we saw some tight end involvement there, but that was more for blocking purposes. LaVisca did a couple of pre-snap motions, but I would love to see some wide receivers go in pre-snap motion and actually become the target on that play. Yeah. Because we saw some of the uh analytics behind that 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 was such a smart strategy and it's something that sean mcveigh mike mcdaniel uh matt lafleur all took advantage of in week one and and they're doing it with different kinds of receivers it doesn't have to just be the tyree kills right mm-hmm. they did it with puka nakua they did it with Tutu um, Atwell had 13 times he Tutu, went in motion Tutu or, atwell was yeah. another one that's exactly right um jaden reed for green bay was used in that manner um Allen Robinson for uh, Pittsburgh was used a lot in that manner. So Mm -hmm. you don't have to necessarily be this speedy guy. It can also be used to help create that separation 
And I think that we know that that's an area of concern for the Panthers. So I would love to see them implement a little bit of that and help Bryce out. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, yeah, you're going to, you have to scheme it and you got to get Mingo involved, man. Like he's your best, yeah. he's your most talented receiver. You got to get the ball in his hands. You yeah. get, it's same with Marshall and Marshall's super talented too. Got to right. find a ways to get them the ball. And, and those I, would be the two guys that I would think make the most sense to use in that pre-snap motion. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mingo for his yard after yards, after catch ability, and then Marshall, just just to give him a little bit of a head start, right? Mm-hmm. If you're concerned about his physicality off of the line, well, give him an advantage, right? And mm-hmm. and, and take some aggressive deep shots early in the game. Don't wait until you have to start doing that. I want to see those play things. actions turn into those deep. Right, that's right. I want to see those uh, play actions and the motions and all that turn into these deep opportunities mm-hmm. as opposed to relying on Bryce making the quick short reads I just think you're limiting him and you're not giving him the ability to do what he's special at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the, the uh, yeah, I just don't know what, like, cause you, you, if you're not getting separation, you're not going to beat the saints because look at Deandre mm-hmm. Hopkins. He couldn't do anything because he doesn't separate. Right. Like he's, it's, it's right. just these, these corners, Lattimore's too physical. Uh, yeah. Uh, May Taylor. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they're too physical guys to, you got to find ways to scheme them open and yep. that, I think that's your. I think you're exactly right, or I'm I'm right. Whoever said it first, uh, you got to get them in, in motion uh, yep. ahead of time. Yeah, in like right out of the backfield. Right. Snap the ball to them, yards after catch. That's I think the way we beat them. But I'm just a guy. I don't know. Right. Um, right. And, and and you know we do have the benefit of not having to have Jesse Bates on playing center field for the defense. I mean they got some good safeties too. But, but you also have Marcus May and uh, Tyran Mathieu out yeah. there for the Saints. So. Bryce is going to have to do a better job of not staring down his receiver because we know that that's what happened on that first interception. He has to just know that's not going to work in the NFL. Mm -hmm. When he tried to look Bates off by looking to the left on that second interception, he's got to just not trust that that was effective. He has to see it, right? Yeah. So I don't anticipate him making those same mistakes in, in the second week after he watches it on film. And we know that he's just a film junkie, so you know he's probably watched those plays a dozen times each. Mm-hmm. I'm going to trust that he's not going to make those decisions again, but I want to see this coaching staff kind of help him out and not put him in situations where he has to feel forced to make some of those plays because of the fact that there's not a other avenue, whether it's a deep or even some of those checkdowns. I thought were a little bit clunky. They would have a swing all the way to the flat, where I thought if you put him in front, it helps with the spacing. So there's a couple of conceptual things that I would like to see the coaching staff work out. But from Bryce's standpoint, he's got to be more accurate. He's got to use better timing. And I think that all of that will come naturally if you can get him in a rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, man. Yeah. We got me. Yeah. DJ Chark. Um, have you heard anything about him? He's, he's trending to playing. Yeah. Yeah. So the last that I heard about him was that he was in practice on Thursday. Um, he, I, I think he was a full participant in practice on so. Thursday. That's what I heard too. Yeah, so I think that it's trending towards him playing, as you said, but there's no confirmation yet. Yeah. Um, and Mike K, I believe, reported something along the lines of he seems very confident about it, but that he also kind of hedged it by saying that the final decision will be up to the staff and the trainers. So as much as I think that he feels good and is ready to play, the staff and trainers are going to have to look at it and say, what is the uh aggravation risk right Mm -hmm. 
because you don't want to lose him for an extended period of time trying to get him for one week early. Um, I think that he's going to give it a go. I, you know, he's got the hometown roots there with with Louisiana. And, and I think that if he plays, he opens up some options for this offense because, I mean, we saw what JT O'Sullivan was talking about with Adam Thielen, right? If you watch the quarterback school, he was all over this dude again. Um, no separation. You he, know, does it. he looks the, slow, his, man. And his antics, he didn't like that he was showing Bryce up by waving his hands in the air, which I agree with. That was a little bit out of character, I thought. For yeah, Thielen. But also, I, yeah. yeah, I think it's a frustration thing. You're exactly right. And, and it's a week one thing. Um, I, I Again, I think that maybe even the receivers were a little bit surprised with the rookie jitters that Bryce seemed to show. I, it, it just caught everybody off guard, I think. And and now that we're getting into the home game at home on a Monday night, prime time, I think that we're going to be better equipped for this one. Um, I, yeah, I, I agree. And I don't think that we need Chark for – I think they're going to limit his snaps and he'll probably yeah. split snaps with, with uh, Marshall. But, sure. man, just one. You just need one. You, gotta, you just need one to prove that Bryce can do it. Yeah, and once that happens, the rest of the season looks better. Once you see him right. one time, so yeah, and he and you're right. Chart can be on a pitch count, right? Yeah. You let him let him play fifty percent of the snaps on yeah. offense. I would love him to play um, Z too because I don't want him to go up against Lattimore because Lattimore is going to jam him at the, the line of right. scrimmage and he's not right. going to be able to get there. So I want right. to see him play the Z uh, yep. and Marshall play uh, the the X um, yep. when they're on, and them be on the field together. Yep. Um, or or Mingo play the X somebody else because I don't want him matched up against Lattimore. Yep. Uh, tight ends, Hurst? Yeah. Yeah, so look, Hayden was a, a very bright spot, I thought, in week yeah. one, right? Um, going into week two, though, against the Saints, it, it's a difficult matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, the Saints are a good team against a tight end, and it's not just this last game, and it's not even just last year. It's the past three years. Mm-hmm. For the past three years, New Orleans has ranked first, third, and first in yards allowed per target to tight ends. Mm-hmm. So they're they're – used to it they plan for it they coach their defense to take away that threat um now hayden uh, on the other hand though he was he was on a pass route only for 64.3 percent of the dropbacks in week one but he led the team in targets with seven and he led them in yards and he caught the only touchdown of the game so we talk about him being the security blanket for bryce that's been established right mm-hmm. i think that there is a rapport and a connection there and i think that it's very helpful and beneficial to have that already built but when the Saints scheme for him, and if they're able to take him out of this offense, can we get Tommy Tremble or Ian Thomas or even Gio Ricci when we have these multiple tight end formations? Can we get one of them involved? Yeah, right? that's my thought. Yeah. Be creative. Yeah. That's it. Because you know that they're going to hone in on Hurst. Mm-hmm. I don't know that there is another receiving threat outside of maybe Mingo that they would be remotely concerned with with their talent on defense. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like Marshawn Lattimore is going to be able to stay with anybody on our receiving core. There's right. not a problem about that. And he's physical enough to handle any size of our receivers. And t- t- TMJ, for as big as he is, he's not an overly physical guy. And I would like to see that kind of improve a little bit from him, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you just look at their corners. Like they've got the ability to match up. Their safeties have the ability to cover um, deep and come in, into the box and play run support and, and play on those shallow crosses and digs. Um, so I, I just think we're going to have to use some creativity from that tight end spot if we want to see anywhere close to the production that we saw in week one. Yeah. Yeah. The a good thing is, I, I mean, Cam Jordan's going to have one or two um, big plays. I mean, he just always yeah. does. But he's not the guy over and over again that's going to keep getting the passer. And he usually right. plays on Moten's side. Graderson's the only other guy that I'm like, maybe. But I'm, I'm just not worried about their defensive pass rush. And what I hope happens is that they want to get 
Bryce rattled and they bring safety blitzes and they bring those guys up and then we can yeah. beat them long. That's what I hope happens, but yeah. I, I'm not worried about the pass rush that we got from Atlanta, I, especially right. with the middle. That, right. that 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 I think that really hurt us because I think that they were just pushing into Bryce's face and Bryce couldn't see yeah. it, honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, no, I agree. Yeah, but I think our running backs are going to take control. I think I could see a world where they both have over 100 yards. We might have, we might 60% of our play, our run our our offensive plays may be uh, rushes. I think. Yeah, yeah. And I I think that the Saints' run defense is going to be a little bit superior to the Falcons. To be completely honest, um, Demario Davis I, is pretty solid. He's a really good linebacker, right? Yeah. Um, and and that's the thing that I think that Atlanta really lacked was that second level threat. Mm -hmm. I think that they had Grady Jarrett, who's a really good ball player, but they didn't have anybody that once we got past their initial line of defense, there was nobody really to make that stop mm -hmm. initially with the first tackle on the second level. Um, I do think the Saints have a little bit more of that with Pete Warner and uh, Demario Davis. Um, so I, I do think that we might see a little bit of a tougher go with the run game, but I still think that we're going to have such a high volume in the run game that mm -hmm. we're still going to produce enough to keep their defense honest and open up some opportunities for Bryce. And we, we just need to take advantage when those opportunities present. Yeah. I mean, if, if we don't, who cares about this coaching staff? Like the yeah. reason that you bring him, them in, like Mc, McVay finds a way to get his points. I mean, Shanahan right. will find his way to get points. Reich, right. If you're the guy, oh, you're that guy. And I love, I love Reich. I think he's, he's right. solid. You got to find ways to get guys open and, and, and yeah. score points. And you got yeah. all these offensive coaches that this dream team of offensive minds coming together yeah. and you can't find anything. That's, yeah. that's, uh, that's not good. We had freaking uh, yeah. Ben McAdoo getting points against this team last year. So, <laughs> yeah. And, and conceptually, we have seen a drastic improvement from the Ben McAdoo offense, at least um, from what I saw with with what we were running. It's just the the depth of some of these passing plays is is still concerning because it's it's just a training wheels approach right now. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think that is part of the concern, though, is that when you look at somebody like Sean McVay and then you see Thomas Brown, who comes from his coaching tree, Sean McVay was a tight ends coach, now head coach, one of the brightest offensive minds in the league and you kind of have that same feeling about Thomas Brown, I want to see a more collaborative approach then yeah. from Reich and Thomas Brown. I want to see that if we get stale, instead of just like, hey, head down, let's stay to work, you know, like let's, let's stay on the grind. Instead of doing that, I would love to see a, what if we change this? Yeah. What if we tried this? And if it doesn't work, we're in the same position we were already in, right? Yeah. So get a little bit creative, get a little bit aggressive, yeah and take a little bit more risk. If it doesn't work out, you lose the game. Mm -hmm. Like we already know what that feels like. Yeah. There it's not worth not trying. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's almost like, uh, yeah, we have all these, uh, this, these years and years of offensive minds, but yeah. like Jim Caldwell has been in the game. Like they don't, they're not, they don't have this new, uh, passing era knowledge that Thomas Brown brings that fresh knowledge of right. what McVay was doing. You saw McVay, nobody thought they were going to be any good. And they'd be, who I have winning the division this year. Yeah. Uh, they and, they and spanked them. Like, yeah. And it was, it was a really good offensive game plan, right? Yeah. Like they, they came into it with an idea of what to do. They also have, they don't have a, a ton of like big name talent that no. was out there on that field. So to be able to generate the offensive production that they were able to get with that support system, 
we have to be able to do something similar right. if, if we have the creative minds that we are supposed to have. Right. So I, I really do look at this game and say, time to show something, right? Yeah. Like we got to see a spark here. I'm not saying that everything has to fire on all cylinders because we're up against it with the um, makeshift offensive line. Our receivers don't have a ton of dynamic ability. I get all of that. But we have Bryce Young that we're all very high on. This coaching staff is very high on. Let's see why. Open mm -hmm. it up and let's put some things together on offense this week. Yeah, yeah. That, and that's what I'm most worried about. I also, we need turnovers. We need to find ways to, to get turnovers. Yeah. That run game for the, for the Saints mm -hmm. ain't good. So we should be able to force Derek Carr to pass the ball. And you know what yeah. Derek Carr is really good at? Throwing interceptions. So if we can get if we can get some picks or some sort of turn, what what should have happened last week when Derek Carr fumbled it and then they should have ran it back for for six, right. uh, we can get a couple of those. Brian Burns make us because they're so it, it it feels like the Saints are so proud I guess and they all, yeah. they won't double team anybody so the Titans yeah. just got got to Carr over and over and over again and they don't have any like ex, I mean they have, uh, they have Simmons they got um. Uh, What's that the guy that, that almost hit the oh, they, they got a sack yesterday? Um, can't remember his name, but oh God, I can't remember his name. But um, but Brian Burns should have a day if they don't double team him, and Derek Brown mm -hmm. should be able to get get to him. What I'm scared yeah. of though is that we don't have Horn, yeah. and Michael Thomas can get those easy, quick catches, and that's what I'm nervous about. So Michael Thomas is actually probably less of my concern with Horn out. Um, what I'm what I'm concerned about with the horn thing, right? And let's so let's start when we talk about the defense. Let's start at the secondary and oh, then yeah, work let's our way down. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no, yeah, you're good. Let's just we'll we'll look at what the ramifications are of not having JC out there, right? And we don't we still don't have an updated firm timetable. It's just they've said expected to miss a significant period of time. Yeah. Um, that's that's coach speak for it could be the end of the year, in my opinion. I think it's when they said game. that surgery yeah. is on the on the table. If you have hamstring surgery, man, it, it it's probably going to cost you the season. That oh, is he's a definitely going to cost you the season, yeah. Right. So I think that we have to start looking at life without JC for 2023. Um, for this game, my concern is Chris Olave. Man, he gave us fits as a rookie, right? Mm -hmm. Like he he put up some some good numbers against us this year. Just last or last week already, only one game to go off of. But he had eight catches on 10 targets for 110 yards, and he was responsible for 34.1% of the air yards on that. Yeah, that, it was, he got he got he was free wide open for 50 of those yards or something like that. Like they, they he was just, he was just by himself, like nobody's around him. He's like, oh, you probably should guard like the best receiver on the team. Right. But so what's concerning though about that is if he's doing that on a on a deeper route, right? Like if mm. he's getting free on these deep routes, that's where I have concern about C.J. Henderson. Mm. I don't have any concern with C.J. Henderson when we talk about Michael Thomas in the short passing game. I don't have as much concern about C.J. Henderson when the play is kept in front of him. Mm. He's got great ability when he can see everything in front of him. He's got the speed, the agility, the mirroring capability, which is so important for a boundary corner. He can do all of those things. As long as he keeps his hips square and his balance right, he's got the speed and the reaction time to come through and make a play on the ball as long as it's in front of him. Where he runs into trouble is with his tracking ability and keeping his body in the correct positioning relative to where his mark is. And that's something that concerns me with this Saints approach because they also have um, Shahid, Rashid Shahid. Yeah. 
that's an explosive playmaker, man. And a lot of people kind of discredit him, right? Because he's he's more of like a boomer bust kind of guy. Yeah, fantasy wise, but, but yeah, he's a good player. Well, even even from a production standpoint, though, he has games where he doesn't produce as much. Yeah, as that you doesn't would matter. So does DJ Chark, and it's, that's but he right. It's the, the field. Yeah, it's but, the sorry, threat. That's exactly right. It's the threat that he brings to the offense. Yeah. So Shahid, I mean, just to give an example of that, from an efficiency standpoint, only Tyreek Hill and Brandon Ayuk average more yards per route run than Shahid. Yeah. And that's that's not just for week one, but if you go back to last season, only Tyreek averaged more yards per route run than Shahid. Mm-hmm. So he's running deep routes. He's He is the big threat playmaker on that offense, right? Mm-hmm. That's where I have a concern, man. Because if you've got Dante Jackson and you say, we're going to line him up, we're going to try to do our best of keeping him with Chris Olave um, for the speed and maybe for the deep play capability. I'm not even sure that you should feel great about Dante in that capacity either. Um, but if you do that and then you're putting CJ Henderson responsible for Shahid mm-hmm. or even Troy Hill at that point, man, that that's concerning to me. So I think yeah. what Evero is going to have to do here is he's going to have to do a little bit more too high safety coverages. And Oh, I think, yeah, definitely going to do that. And within the first three series, though, against the Falcons, it was predominantly single high or single safety coverage. They, they don't and, throw the ball. That's... Well, and you had – well, but you also had J.C. Horn completely closing off one side of the field right. or at least taking away yeah. their premier player, right? Yeah. So they were able to kind of put more guys in the box and play a little bit closer, do a little bit more for run support, knowing that Atlanta was going to run the ball. Now, the, the concerning point is, though, Atlanta kept running off chunk plays regardless. So – the run defense is an issue, but we're, we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, but for the secondary, I, I just think that the two high safety is a, is a must for the majority of this game to kind of help out over the top for C.J. Henderson and for Dante Jackson, just the same. Um, and we've got to limit their big plays because if they if they connect on one or two big plays, that could be what swings the entire game. Yeah, it's over. Yeah, we got to yeah. get the lead. We got to get a lead and keep the lead. If they yep. if they start off with a lead and they can just sit back in zone and make us pick them apart, yeah, yep. we're, we're done. Yep. Um, but I think I, I I think that I don't respect the run game for the Saints enough, and I would think that they wouldn't either. That they feel like they can they don't they can sit back in zone. They'll, they'll play a lot of zone, um, and they will make them make Jamal Williams beat, beat them. In my yeah, opinion. yeah. You're probably right about that. I, I don't really know. My my only hang-up with that train of thought is that everyone in the NFL, not just Panthers fans and Falcons fans, saw what the Falcons did against the Panthers on the on the ground. Now, we know that the Falcons excel in the ground game. We know that's their bread and butter, right? Yeah. Arthur Smith would throw his mother out there and have her take 25 carries if he could. Yeah. Um, but regardless of that being their calling card or not, they were ripping off big plays, man. Not just like, you know, wearing us down over time. They were getting chunk yardage. Everyone yeah. likes to point to the fact that the Panthers outrushed the Falcons. The discrepancy in the uh, attempts is what's concerning about that, though, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were, they were getting yardage on a way smaller quantity of carries. Um, so I think that New Orleans is going to come out and they're going to want to establish the run to help their offense with the passing game as well. I think you're right that they're not as scary, but man, they're still, they don't want to put Derek Carr back there against Brian Burns with Trevor Penning being the guy blocking him. 
So the thing is, I think they do, and that's what's scary for the Saints. I think they do. Like man, if they do that, it. Trevor Penning had an absolutely <laughs> miserable show. I know. In his, that's what... in his first week. He's not good. No, I mean he was very bad, man. Like yeah. Trevor Penning, I what did he? He gave up. He was having fits with Arden Key. Yeah, and Arden, Arden Key. Key dude, I'm that's not saying, what I was thinking of Jesus. Yeah, and Arden Key. I'm not saying that he's a bad player because he's not. Like he's a, he's a very solid player, but he's not Brian Burns, right? Mm. And if he has that much trouble with Brian Burns or with Arden Key, man, Brian Burns is going to give him some fits. Mm. Not to mention what the rest of that offensive line didn't play particularly well, right? Uh, that's what Derek I was trying Brown, to tell you before the, the season. Well, no, but I think I think that the issue is they expected Trevor Penning to play much better. They expected him to be their starting left tackle because he was injured last year. So that was like one of those unknown quantities, but that there was a high feeling about him mm. after seeing that initial sequence i don't know that they could feel as good about that prospect of yeah. him being the answer on that left side yeah yeah they'll i mean yeah and when they run the ball they're gonna run to the right side uh right. They, they don't they're not running it to the left side i was trying to find this stat while we were talking about trevor penning mm. he recorded a 66 percent pass block win that's the worst <laughs> that's so bad for <laughs> like, a left it's really bad he allowed six quarterback pressures and two sacks well, i'd be scared if i'm the saints I, I'd be terrified, man. Yeah, like, I mean, like, just honestly, for the re- like, Burns, the rest of the year. Yeah, no, for the rest of the year, but for the sake of this game. Yeah. I mean, I I think that there's even a way that you get Amari Barno out there every now and then instead of because like we used a very limited rotation in week one. Mm. I think that if we're going to get after the passer more, I think that you're going to see Amari Barno get a little bit of more of looks when you when you give Brian Burns a rest keep the speed out there on the field right mm-hmm. i i think that that's what gives trevor penning fits he's he's similar to the to the point of like icky in the preseason where it looked like those one-on-one speed rushes were his demise now icky was a different situation i'm not comparing those two even remotely please don't think that i'm just talking about the perception of icky in the preseason is the reality of trevor penning in life yeah <laughs> right yeah like, that's just that's just the similarity between that so if you can keep Amari Barno on the field with Brian Burns and maybe even Justin Houston, you figure out some of these odd fronts. And, and where Brown's you on that side too, man. Like, and you put Brown on that oof. side too. I mean, it is going to be a rough day Woo. for that offensive line. Yeah, and we're going to need it. We're going to need them. We need to, we're going to need a pass rush. Because the pass can't... rush is what's going to help the secondary too, right? Yeah. We're in, a, we're in a much more symbiotic relationship right now, and there's always a symbiotic relationship between the pass rush and coverage. But we're in a much more um, necessary situation right now. Yeah for yeah. complimentary play styles between those two units. Yeah. Yeah, I think the defense will look good overall. I mean, it could be – like, it was 16-17 with the Titans. Um, mm-hmm. I, I see that maybe a little lower for the like, – Yeah. I'm, I, I like to, to bet games. I'll pro- I'm probably still – we'll get to the end, and I'll, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, let's uh, – uh, yeah, so we're, well, we've already talked quick, – Real quick, too, what we're talking about, though. When you say they didn't look great last week, right? They came away with the win against Tennessee. But if they didn't yeah. force three turnovers – then they lose that game. It's almost the inverse of what the Panthers did last week, right? Yeah. We gave away the ball three times, didn't create any turnovers, and we still looked like the better team, in my opinion. Yeah. The Saints created three turnovers and still almost lost. They should have so, lost. Yeah, they're not good. They should have lost, seriously. Like, and, and no, Carr had a, a, Carr had a nice all, late all drive. <laughs> right. No, I hear you. I, I also <laughs> I just, think that Tennessee is a – I also thought coming into Tennessee was probably a better team than the Falcons. I don't know that I feel that way. I that doesn't matter. Who gives yeah, a shit? Yeah. Pineapple. Yeah. Um, same thing. But but for the sake of this game, 
I just think that you might see a little bit of what, what you like to refer to as positive regression on both sides, right? I think that the Panthers limit their turnovers and they play smarter, more uh, aggressive football. And I think that the Saints come back to life a little bit and they turn the ball over, which is, as you like to say, Derek Carr's uh, call, calling card. Of, he likes of, to do that. Yeah, hey, look, there's a guy in a different color jersey. Take this football, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, no. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I think that if those things start to balance out, that is why I have a positive uh, feeling about this Monday night football game. Yeah, there also is the X factor of um, Kendrick Miller uh, if he plays. Yeah, I, yeah. I just—he's he, explosive. I just don't know yeah. how That's much. That's a rookie running back out of TCU. In case anyone's unfamiliar with the name. Yeah, sorry guys. Um, yeah. Uh, He—he's explosive, but hamstring. Yeah, I yeah. don't just think he's gonna get that much run if he plays. I don't know if he's yeah. gonna play. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, we talked about the front set. Uh, yeah, anything, any like X factor matchups. I know we talked about C.J. Henderson, the run game. Um, I'm trying to think of one like one on one. What I'm really looking. I think I, I dude. I think this is gonna be a Burns Brown game. I think I think you could see or even like Lubu. Like I think there could be yeah. a fumble six for us this week, and that yeah. might be our only touchdown, and it might be enough. <laughs> honestly. <laughs> I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna see a better offense this week. I think that the coaches are going to understand that there was some meat left on the bones in week one. Oh yeah. Um, and and some of that is on Bryce. Some of that is on the receivers. Some of that is on the coaching. It it was a collaborative effort of leaving food on the table. And the um, Falcons played well. We got to give it to them. They did, man. Yeah. They, yeah. That's you're you're exactly right about that. The Falcons didn't play a bad game. Yeah. They just didn't play a really good one either. And right. we should have been more uh opportunistic in some mm. of those situations yeah. but i think that we'll see that um progression with bryce young i think that we'll see the improvement from the offense as a whole but if i had to say that i'm looking at one particular area for this game outside of bryce young because bryce young is what i'm always going to watch right now he's mm. the future of the franchise mm. but outside of that I, it is the offensive line for me mm. and yeah i get it man like the defensive line for the saints isn't anything to be scared about but but they did bring a blitz on 32.5% of dropbacks in mm. week one. And they got eight it, pressures, three yeah. sacks, five quarterback knockdowns, and three interceptions. That's a, That's a bad offensive line, though, too. The, the Tennessee it was. Yeah. yeah, it was. But we're going into it with Chandler Savala, his second mm. start, and possibly Nash Jensen, possibly Cade Mays, or possibly Justin McCray or yeah. Calvin Throckmorton, Throckmorton, whatever his Throck, damn name Throck, is. Throck, 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 I don't know. I know that the only time he played football was for the Saints, or in yeah. the NFL, it was the only time he played was for the Saints. Yeah, and they cut him. So yeah, that line cut him. Yeah, no, I know. That's why that I hate it when we picked him up. They got their ass whooped last yeah. week. So I don't really want to see him out there. So I'm going to say Jensen, McCray, or Mays. It's yeah. a makeshift line, man. Yeah. So regardless of how good I feel about the matchup on their side, because I don't think that they're dominant or, or scary. Mm -hmm. I do have a little hesitation with our line, especially with those numbers of how much blitzing they brought, how much pressure, and how effective it was to an extent. Yeah, yeah, I think, um, and this is what uh, the Titans tried to do, and I think that it worked to an extent, run mm -hmm. at Lattimore. Like, run to yeah. his side, make right. him make plays, and then right. make it to the point where he's nervous about you running at him and right. try to beat him that way. Yeah. And it, it kind of did work, except that Tannehill's not very good. Um, and that line's still not very good to block for yeah. Henry. Uh, and Henry just weirdly just didn't play that much. It was just yeah. 
It was just, it was just weird. Yeah, yeah, well, like fifteen carries, I think. Yeah, the Titans. Yeah. They, 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 uh, Tajay Spears played more snaps than. Uh, yeah, Jack I love Tajay Spears though, so yeah. I'm not gonna oh, say anything. Oh, that was that oh, was one of my draft uh, crushes mm-hmm. last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like, I like. Um, but the one other thing, since we'll we'll wrap it up here pretty quick, but the um on the secondary note, talking about the two high safeties and things like that, what I think that also presents for Carolina in this matchup and and going forward is that. I think it's going to allow Evero to do his disguised coverages a little bit more than what we saw in week one as well. We know that there was also a little bit more of like a one dimensional aspect to the game against the Falcons. Cause we knew that Ritter was the guy that threw the football and, and we saw in first person that it's not a good ball that he throws. Um, so I, I think that we'll have to use a little bit more of that coverage disguise element that Evero used so much in Denver last season. Mm. And I think that will really benefit the secondary as well, because it's going to create a little bit more confusion post snap than what we did in Atlanta. Mm. And so anything that can gain a scheme advantage for this defense, I think will really benefit us against the saints who have a turnover prone quarterback and have some, eh, talent on the offensive line yeah yeah we yeah, had that that's gonna be we have to win that matchup to win the game yep. in my opinion yep. yep burns burns brown and houston if he shows up uh right. need to uh do something or yep. I, I think it god man there's something in my head that just like wants to bet a luvu anytime touchdown i just it just feels because like he that, was everywhere last week it, yeah it just feels like it's that kind of game where luvu gets that like ball tipped in the air and take like a, a luke keekley kind of well a lot of times game, when a player so, has a game like Frankie had last week where he had two or three almost yeah. huge splash plays. You tend to see that come to fruition within the next week or two, right? Because he's yeah. in the right place at the right time, making the effort plays. And I think that one of those might pop this week. I think you're right. It's a good call. Yeah. Yeah. It just, uh, it just feels like that. Yep. Even if it's not him, it's going to be, it's just like, it just feels like something's going to happen right there. Can um, I tell you what I want to see more than anything in this game? Like, just, just a plain, like, man, this is my hope. I want to see a pick six from C.J. Henderson. Like, Man, if you get him a little bit of confidence. Or a little him, bit of confidence, dude. Get that racehorse a win and let him taste that carrot at the end of the line. And, and let's let him rock for the rest of the year, man. Like, I really do think that he has the physical abilities and that he's confidence and repetition away from putting it together. But on the other hand of that, if he has one of his – mental spacings on those plays i think he gets his own head and and gets basically the cornerback yips and that would be just absolutely detrimental to this defense i just want to like get him out and like get him drunk one night like he just like seems like just so <laughs> sad when he talks to the media he's like yeah i think i'm gonna start this week it's like well you know he just had a kid um yeah. I, I believe he just had his son um so let's go he, celebrate he, man let's he, go yeah he's, well, he's got a lot of stuff going on man he's probably exhausted dude you're gonna find this out soon oh man. no new dads are exhausted all the damn time man oh and, no. I, and i got a five-year-old and i'm still tired man like i drink <laughs> coffee until like four o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> i'm tired and i don't do anything uh i just podcast <laughs> <laughs> um all right, cool. Like, yeah, we, we get it. Uh, this is actually kind of like a overall. If you if you were like another franchise and you were talking about this game, you're like, wow, this sounds boring. This sounds awful. I think it's gonna be a good game, man. No, I'm but I think it's, I think it's gonna be tight at least. Um, yeah. If you like a defensive battle, I think that's what yep. it's gonna be. Um, cool. Let's talk about us being there. Well, what's our predictions first? Oh yeah, uh, I got yeah. Uh, I got Jump Panthers. I got Panthers nine six. 
nine to six. Yeah. Christ. So who hit the grand slam? That's a uh, baseball score. Uh, <laughs> no, um, no, we go 13, 13, six, 13, six, man. Cause I think we do get a scoop score. That's a defensive touchdown, and that's how. Don't we let get. me talk you out of stuff, man. No, no, because I already, I already predicted talked you out of the Kenny Pickett thing. No, but no, you had egg on your face after week one. If you were, you know, like, uh, yeah, but then I, I then, then I said no, no, Burrow. Yeah, yeah, no, stupid. Um, uh, uh, yeah, let me do. I think we do get a scoop score, defensive touchdown, only touchdown the okay. game, thirteen six. Okay, um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go nineteen to thirteen. I don't even really know how we get 19. Yeah. Something weird is going to happen. There's going to be like a block. 12 field goals. I mean, not 12, 12 points. 12 field, field goal. goals. 12 points in field goals. Four field goals. That yeah, sounds... there you go. So four field goals and a touchdown maybe? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. maybe. That sounds right. Um, maybe we win if we win the turnover battle and we get some good field position but aren't able to capitalize on their uh, short field defense, then maybe that's how you end up with a good amount of field goals there. Um, mm -hmm. So that's that's what I'll bank on is 19-13. I think that we – I think we, we get chunk plays, but I don't think we have the speed. Unless Chark plays mm -hmm. and we hit him in rhythm, that's the only way we go like for a touchdown. But I see like like a couple twenty yard runs um, yep. that we get loose for. Uh, yep. Maybe uh, Chanel gets a uh, gets one and takes it for thirty yards. I think we get yep. I think we get way more chunk plays this week yep. than we did uh, uh, last week. But um, yep. I don't think we will take anyone of them to the house. Nope. Uh, cool. Awesome. Now we're going to be there. Yes. <laughs> we talk about that. Yeah. So we're going to be at the uh, Panthers fan or Panther fans tailgate. That's Panther F-A-N-Z tailgate. They're the lot um, adjacent from the practice fields right behind Bank of America Stadium. Um, I believe it is lot B3 of Pecan Parking or Park Charlotte, whichever one you um, refer to it as here in Charlotte. It is off of 601 South Cedar Street um it's right in between clutch kitchen and poorhouse and bank of america stadium so if you're going to the stadium you're gonna see it um Will we'll we be out poorhouse? there are we going to poorhouse afterwards yeah we're we're gonna do a couple of poorhouses afterwards <laughs> most likely um <laughs> but no we're, I, I think our plan right now is to get out there in between uh 4 and 4 30 something like that um the game is at 7 15 i know that people will start going in around 5 30 things like that so we'll get out there. We're going to do a live episode. Um, they're going to have a DJ. They're going to have a big smoker going. They're going to have grills going. Um, they've got the big Panthers school bus. They've got the fire truck. Ton of fans. Um, it's just a really good time. So I'm looking forward to being out there. I would love it if people would come out and hang out with us and, and talk some ball before we record, after we record, whatever. Um, and then you and I are going to go and have some beers and, and watch the game together. Games. Yeah, two games. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, yeah hopefully, that's right. Double header. I keep forgetting about that. Yeah, hopefully, people come in and hang out uh, after the game uh, while we're watching while we're while we're if we're still standing watching the uh, <laughs> Steelers Browns. And everyone just like say like a collective little like prayer or send some good thoughts for me too because my wife's birthday is Monday, um, and instead of doing my husbandly duties and and doing all of the fun stuff for the birthday night. I'm going to be hanging out with Alex down at the tailgate doing a podcast. So <laughs> just just wish really good thoughts for me to make it through this weekend so that I can be there on Monday. And I'm totally joking. She's super into it and supportive of everything that I'm doing. But at the same time, she's a trooper, man, for letting me come mm. out here and do all this shit. She going to poorhouse? 
No, she's gonna hang out with our kid. Um, <laughs> she's gonna she's gonna take that one for the team and and hang out and and do oh. all of that stuff. But maybe we'll see her after. Sorry, wifey. Yeah, that's right. So am I. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. That sounds awesome. I'm so freaking excited about it. Yeah, um, and I'll I'll tweet out some details about the um, tailgate and stuff like that. We'll we'll pin it to my Twitter and to the Kitty Lit Twitter, um, mm-hmm. so that anyone that's looking for that information can find it available there. Also, I'm giving away koozies, so come get a koozie. Oh hell yeah, that's awesome! <laughs> Free merch. Everybody yeah, merch. get a Kitty Lit koozie. <laughs> yeah. You just fill it with a beer and have one with us while we're down there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'll I'll have, I'll, I'll have the seltzer ones and I'll have the uh, the uh, can ones, which I guess the they're the both people. cans. Yeah. Beer can ones and seltzer can ones. There we go. Love it. All right, man. Awesome. Well, I'm excited. Let's go keep pounding. Keep pounding.